0: Wow, it's hard to follow that time, but I hope that the message this morning will be an encouragement and fall in line with what God's already doing this morning. Um, Three weeks ago, I had the opportunity to share a message with you about hearing from God. Greg followed that up the next week with an encouragement to spend time in the Psalms and to meditate in the Psalms. So I took that to heart. So I've spent the last... I thought, well, I'm just going to start with Psalm 1 again. So I've spent the last two weeks meditating and contemplating and trying to deepen my understanding of what God's saying in Psalm 1. You might say, how can you spend two weeks in one psalm with that few verses? I've got a few more weeks to go, I think. But People write whole dissertations on one verse. Oh, yeah. I'm not that... Um, gifted <laughs> to be able to do something like that, but I did want to share some things that I felt like the Lord's been speaking to me through this psalm. Um, let's start by praying together. Lord, I pray that our attitude uh, this morning would be that of humble servants seeking to learn from you, our Master, how to live in a way that pleases you. May your word uh, be a light into our path this morning a lamp unto our feet. May our way be your way. May our life be your life through us. We bless you. We bless the name of Jesus this morning. We're so thankful, God, that you have, by your Spirit, wooed us unto yourself, called us to know you. You've given us understanding and knowledge and, God, we're so thankful. Mm -hmm. You've given us the opportunity in Christ to walk in light and not in darkness. Increase our light this morning through Your Word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 1. How blessed or blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit sit in the seat of scoffers, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Okay, two weeks contemplating. Lord, what are you saying here to me? It's been noted that Psalm 1 and 2 are the introduction or the preamble, if you will, um, to the other Psalms. What an interesting word to begin Psalm uh, Psalm 1 with. Blessed. This morning we've been blessing the name of the Lord. And God's been blessing us. And this morning what I hope we can pull from this is an understanding and a a reaffirmation of the blessings that God has given us through just the knowledge of Jesus. The JFB commentary notes that the word blessed here literally means "all oh, the happiness it's an emotional word it's an exclamation of strong emotion as if resulting from reflecting on the subject they say so when reading this psalm we should exclaim with enthusiasm how blessed we are if we are in the company of those God is directing now I didn't take any chances this week I brought Spurgeon with me <laughs> <laughs> Greg told me beforehand that he was going to have some tomatoes and he would either throw them or eat them. So, (laughs) Spurgeon's going to keep me clean here. (laughs) Thank you, Preston, for letting me borrow this. Um, Charles Spurgeon, in his exposition of the Psalms, notes, Blessed, see how this book of Psalms opens with a benediction, even as did the famous Sermon of Our Lord upon the Mount. The word translated, blessed, is a very expressive one. The original word is actually plural. Hence we may learn the multiplicity of the blessings which shall rest upon the man whom God hath justified, and the perfection and greatness of the blessedness he shall enjoy. We might read it, O the blessednesses! And we may well regard it as a joyful acclamation of the gracious man's felicity. May the like benediction rest on us. A benediction, of course, is the utterance or bestowing of a blessing. So God begins the book of Psalms by proclaiming the blessednesses of the men and women who choose to follow him. So what are our blessednesses as those who seek and follow God? There's an interesting juxtaposition between verse 1 and verse 2. Verse 1 describes the blessednesses of a man who does not. Verse 2 describes the blessednesses of a man who does. He does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. He does not stand in the path of sinners. He does not sit in the seat of scoffers. Notice there's a progression of the unblessed man, the unrepentant sinner, the wicked. The JFP commentary notes, counsel, way, seat. These verbs mark gradations of evil, acting on the principles, cultivating the society, and permanently conforming to the conduct of the wicked. We've talked a little this morning about the result of wickedness, and it's almost depressing and overwhelming when everywhere we turn, sin abounds. There's a choice that has to be made. And that's what this psalm is about, is choosing daily whom will I serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And Christ brought new light to that, telling us that if we're to follow him, we have to die daily. This is a question we settle once with God, but then we settle it every day with ourselves. (laughs) Spurgeon noted, when men are living in sin, they go from bad to worse. At first, they merely walk in the counsel of the careless and the ungodly who forget God. The evil is rather practical than habitual. But after that, they become habituated to evil, and they stand in the way of open sinners who willfully violate God's commandments. And if left alone, they go one step further and become themselves pestilent teachers and tempters of others, and thus they sit in the seat of the scornful. We know that the result of sin in its essence is that which causes separation from our relationship with God, our Creator. It's a matter of nature that presents itself in actions. A sinner is not a sinner because he sins, he sins because he's a sinner. It's his nature, it's at the root. The sins that are committed are the fruit from the root, if you will. In the same way that a thief is not a thief because he steals. A thief steals because he's a thief. It's his nature. The sin nature is the root of our separation from God. We all know this. But we're also separated from God if we ignore his counsel and choose rather the counsel of the wicked. And wrong counsel results in wrong thinking which separates us from God. That's why Paul emphasized in Romans 12, too, that we need to be renewed in our minds. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. The blessed man knows this and seeks to be transformed through the Word of God, by the Spirit of God. 2 Chronicles 9, 7 says, How blessed are your men, how blessed are these your servants who stand before you continually and hear your wisdom. Who are we listening to? Who gives us counsel? Wrong counsel leads to wrong thinking, which leads to wrong actions. Wicked counsel leads further down a path of sin, and a perpetual path of sin leads to a haughty and condescending spirit. That scoffs and scorns God and His people. Have you noticed how sarcastic, caustic, divisive, and demeaning many people are becoming today? Our society is spiraling downward in it. People who scoff at God have plopped down in their sin and they're planted there. They've taken a seat. But where is the blessed man seated? But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not as the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So where are we as believers seated? We're seated in the heavenly places with Jesus. Have you laid hold of that? We are we're in a position in christ we are seated with jesus we are his workmanship we're created for good works to walk in them you know we look at the sin of the world that's around us and it can become despairing we have to remind ourselves what does he require of you you old man but to love justice to do kindness and to walk humbly with your god we have to simplify things and get back to basics to be where God wants us to be in Christ we have a new mind with new thoughts in Christ we have a new path a new walk a new way as we follow him in obedience in Christ we are seated in the heavenly places with him as a result we have the blessednesses found in galatians 5:22 through 25 and we refer to them as the fruit of the spirit obviously But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So in verse 1, we see what the blessed man does not do. Let's look at verse 2 to see what the blessed man does. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Have you ever heard the saying, Lord, let me be lost in your word, that your word may be found in me? That's kind of the idea of delighting in the law of the Lord, but I think it's more than that. The word delight literally means to please someone greatly. As I was meditating on this, I had a thought that had not occurred to me since reading the passage before. I always read it as my delighting in God's word. But it occurred to me that it also delights God. It pleases God when we desire and delight in his word. So if my delight is in God's word, then he is greatly pleased with me. I want to please my father. So how do I please him? I listen to him speak through his word and by his spirit. then I do what he says in joyful obedience. It's as simple as that. It's abiding. Meditating on his law day and night is a crucial element in hearing, obeying, and abiding. So what does it mean to meditate? It means to measure, to think (coughs) deeply about, and my favorite definition is to chew the cud. (laughs) That literally means to further chew partially digested food. Have you ever watched a cow chew her cud? It's really interesting. When cows chew their cuds, they secrete a saliva. And this saliva contains a natural antacid, which helps to buffer the rumen or the first compartment of their stomach. So when a cow chews her cud, she's actually regurgitating a bolus or ball of food into her mouth, which she rechews and re-swallows. Glad you said that just before we. Just eat. before lunch, yeah. <laughs> it's a nice picture, huh? Well, obviously, the image for us is that we don't just read God's word and then blast past it. It's unhealthy to be speed eaters, it's also spiritually unhealthy to be speed readers. But rather, we think deeply about the word and then we ruminate on it. And as the day goes by, we keep on going back to what we read and prayerfully ask God to bring up another thought to regurgitate another idea and to take us deeper in our understanding of what he's saying to us god's word is rich and the taste is to be savored so choose slowly and keep chewing keep chewing okay we better move on to verse three he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither And whatever he does, he prospers. Have you ever considered that we are not wild trees? Where some seed is blown and it just grew up? This says it's a tree firmly planted. Planted by someone. We're chosen trees. A master gardener chose this tree. He chose my planting place. I'm planted in Gateway Christian Fellowship. I'm planted in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm not only chosen by God, but planted, firmly planted. My God grows good trees, deep-rooted trees that withstand wind and storm. And what a beautiful image God gives us here that we're firmly planted by streams of water. The King James Version says, rivers of water. Another observation by Charles Spurgeon. By the rivers of water, so that even if one river should fail, he hath another. The rivers of pardon and the rivers of grace, the rivers of the promise, and the river of communion with Christ are never failing sources of supply. We're chosen. We're firmly planted in Christ. We have an unending supply of living water. What's the result of this culmination of the blessednesses of God? We yield fruit in season. Our leaf does not wither. And whatever we do, we prosper in God. We're not only strong trees, we're evergreen trees. And the really curious thing, we're evergreens that produce fruit. There aren't many of those. Do you know of any? There's the avocado tree, the mango tree. These are all good trees. The lychee tree in China, the olive tree. Mm. The olive was one of the most valuable trees to the ancient Hebrews. It's the first mentioned in scripture when the dove returned to Noah's Ark carrying an olive branch in its beak. It was described as a land of olive oil. That's a pretty good company of trees to be in, don't you think? Wherever greens the bare fruit. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says something similar. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be plant like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. What a promise we have in God. What blessednesses we experience in Him. That line, in whatever He does, He prospers. Ponder that a minute. The Lord's promised to give us every place that our our foot steps on. Uh, There's so many things that God is providing for us and that will prosper us in if we take Him up on it. What a benediction to the man that is planted by God, the blessednesses of God. But whatever good thing is said of the righteous man is not true for the ungodly. Verse four, the wicked are not so, but they are like the chaff which the wind drives away. What is chaff? The noun is defined as the husk of corn or other seed separated by winnowing or threshing. Other synonyms for chaff are rubbish, waste, refuse, garbage, litter, or discarded matter. I don't want to be in that group. Several years ago, I was traveling through Indonesia and witnessed the harvesting of grain, and the workers were threshing uh, the grain on large concrete threshing floors. They were beating the grain to separate the husk of chaff from the grain. And then they scooped them up in these big baskets. They are not very thick, but they were big. And the women would be doing this to them and throwing it up in the air. And as they did that, the chaff, the wind would take it. And it would float away. And it was being sifted. Such is the image in this verse. But the wicked are not only separated for the grain, they're driven away. John the Baptist, in foretelling of Christ's coming in Matthew three eleven through 13, said, He who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, and his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear his threshing floor. He will gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. The contrast between the righteous and the wicked could not be more definitive, more clear, or severe to contemplate. The contrast is between a life firmly planted by rivers of water that bears fruit and is an evergreen and ever prosperous, and that of a life of refuse and waste which is driven away by the wind. It's that simple. The question we have to ask ourselves each day is, do we want to be tree-like or chaff-like? Do we want to be the blessed or the wicked? Well, what about the wicked? Verse 5, Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Charles Spurgeon says of the judgment to come, they shall stand there to be judged, but not to be acquitted. Fear shall lay hold upon them. They shall not stand their ground. They shall flee away. They shall not stand in their own defense, for they shall blush and be covered with eternal contempt. And then he says, Sinners cannot live in heaven. They would be out of their element. Sooner could a fish live upon a tree than the wicked in paradise. Heaven would be an intolerable hell to an impenitent man. Even if he could be allowed to enter, but such a privilege shall never be granted to the man who perseveres in his iniquities. May God grant that we may have a name and a place in his courts above. In verse 6, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The original Hebrew reading is the Lord is knowing the way of the righteous. The Lord is constantly looking on their way and he will not forsake them. How comforting and humbling to realize that the God of creation, the God of the universe, is seeing and is knowing us and is providing for his righteous children. Not so for the wicked. One final quote from Spurgeon to close the psalm Not only shall they perish themselves, but their way shall perish too. The righteous carves his name upon the rock, but the wicked writes his remembrance in the sand. The righteous man plows the furrows of earth and sows a harvest here, which shall never be fully reaped till he enters the enjoyments of eternity. But as for the wicked, he plows the sea. And there though, though there may seem to be a shining trail behind his keel, yet the waves shall pass over it, and the place that knew him shall know him no more forever. The very way of the ungodly shall perish." Can you think of anything more sad than that? Your any sign of your existence having ever been is gone. God puts you out of his thought. You're removed from not only from his presence, but from his remembrance. We're so blessed not to be there. The contrast could not be greater. Let us consider the blessednesses we possess because Jesus was crucified and buried and on the third day rose from the dead to newness of life that we might have life and have it abundantly. Who is the blessed man and woman of God? He is chosen by God. He's firmly planted by rivers of water, fruitful in season, does not wither, and prospers. As John Piper has prayed, Lord, may we become a people for whom nothing is trivial. A people who see things with the eyes of God and so see in everything and every person a reflection of eternity, a glimmer of something infinite and startling. A people of whom visitors will say in that church worship and prayer and fellowship and singing are not trivial. Let's pray. Lord, I feel so inadequate this morning to present Your Word, but the things You've been communicating to me in in our time together about the blessednesses of knowing You. As feeble as I feel sometimes in where I am in my walk with You, Lord, I'm just so thankful. So thankful that You called me by name. You drew me by your Spirit. You continue to draw me. I'm so thankful, Lord, that you have planted me in this fellowship. Rooted me with these other believers. Lord, I thank you that you've surrounded us with waters. You've given us Your Word, Your Spirit. For what end? That we might know You more. That we might seek You while You may be found. Call upon Your name while You're near. That we might grow up into mature men and women of God to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Lord, I thank You for Your Word that we can meditate and ruminate and chew on all day long. I pray that it would go deep in us, that we would hide Your Word in our hearts that we might not sin against You. That would be a people, Lord, that that pray, and that listen, obey, and glorify you. Show us, Lord, the areas for each of us where we are to love justice, to do kindness, and walk humbly with you. Thank you, Lord, for the blessednesses of knowing Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.